and obviously I'm a trans woman living in Nigeria, which is like, like it's, it's a crazy navigation. When we are going in desert, we walk for good six hours. My leg was strong. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lay of the Land. LGBTQI rights are limited in Nigeria, and in 2014, former President Goodluck Jonathan signed a bill into law that criminalizes same-sex relationships and LGBT advocacy, with a maximum penalty of 14 years imprisonment. According to NGO Human Dignity Trust, there's substantial evidence of the law being enforced in recent years, with members of the LGBT community frequently subject to arrest and violence. Fola Francis is a young trans woman living in Nigeria. She's open about her journey, and I came across her on TikTok, um, which she uses as a personal diary to document her life and experiences. I reached out to her to come on Lay of the Land, and she agreed. So here we go. Hey, Fola. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So I want to know everything about you, um, <laughs> pretty much right from the beginning. And I'd like us to get into your your full life story here, and pretty much as much as you want to share. Um, no who is... Fala Francis, and let's start right from your childhood. Um, my childhood um, didn't have so many happy moments. I think that's the re- that's the reason why I like, feel like I'm overcompensating for it, like right now. So, um, I I grew up um, in a family of um, six, three siblings, two parents. I was the first child, and and obviously I'm a trans woman living in Nigeria, which is like a different. Like, it's it's a crazy navigation, you know, it's a crazy thing to navigate. But um, I made a promise to myself, I think, last year that I was just going to, like, live without fear and just live my best life. Because I tried to, like, blot out most part of my childhood because there were so many happy moments. So, yeah. And, I mean, you, you just said that you're a trans woman living in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, how old were you when you started considering a transition? Okay, so for as long as I can remember, I've always knew that I was like, um, like I, my, I did not, I, I did not, I, the gender I was born in did not align with who I felt I was, mm. uh, or who I, who I am. Um, for as long as I can remember, at least, let me say, maybe like four years old, I've never felt like, oh, I was one of the boys, or like I was never a boy or anything, but there was no one to have these conversations with. So I just kind of like, just like um, played the role I was supposed to play and just like live a very, very sad life, essentially. So I would say I came into my gender identity like last year, but I've always knew all my life. But I never like, I kept it to myself until it, it got to a point where I could not hide myself anymore. And it, it was basically like, oh, I had to do this or just like, you know, of myself. So, yeah. And it's hard to have to, like, hide who you are as yeah. a person, especially when from the age of four, like, you already realize that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not, something isn't right here. This exactly. And my parents are, like, super religious. Like, both my parents are pastors. So there's literally no one I could have the conversations with. And there was no representation at all. So it was like, there was, even if 
even if let's say okay yes i don't know who i am i don't know what i feel like there was like no form of representation on me in the media no any way at all so that's the reason why like when i came out i told myself i was going to be the kind of representation i wish i saw as a kid just so if anyone out there is like struggling or to like find themselves or like find their identity even if they do not um um maybe identify like exactly with my story but they know that there's a possibility for that yeah. to be their reality so yeah and you know like you said no representation in the media and mm -hmm. that brings in a completely different dimension because in a way and correct me if i'm wrong you're probably then questioning like what what is this that i'm going through and not necessarily understanding it like totally um so what what kind of experiences did you have as a child? Is it that you you felt you preferred more feminine things or is it that innate inner feeling where you were like, I, I'm just not a boy? It was more of an innate feeling. I it was more of an innate feeling. I also like obviously preferred they don't like like my masculine things at the time or like anything that was um like assigned to men or like to boys yeah. so yeah but at the same time i just like you know what i don't care like i'm just already here i'm sad so i'll just go i'm just gonna do whatever anyone wants me to do um but um after like when i went to university and graduated university i started kind of like exploring more of myself like uncovering more layers of myself then i started exploring like more clothing in more like eccentric way like where you see like maybe a guy like dresses like more like maybe feminine or more stylish then people are like oh my god you're so fashionable you're so stylish then i leaned towards more towards that then with time i started like uncovering like layers of myself so i would definitely say clothing essentially helped me uh, uncover like layers of myself to a certain point but also like it just it was just like on the surface level i had to like do most of the work myself both of your parents are pastors. They are. Damn, damn girl. <laughs> that, that couldn't have been easy. I know, I know. Yeah, we're not like in the best place. Obviously, I'm the first child. So there's that like, mm -hmm. that responsibility. I don't care about the responsibility because I immediately like just took it off my, like I'm not, you, you guys are not putting me in this box. And I mean, it was, it was very scary. Um, And the crazy part, craziest part about it is that it's more of like what's, people would think for them than like what they feel for their child you know because I've always been very very loud and eccentric with my fashion even before I transitioned or before I came out as a trans person and I remember like um early last year I think I had like a Vogue um um thing so I sent it to my mom and on on the Vogue thing before I this was way before I even transitioned um, I sent it out like, oh, I'm on Vogue, mommy, like, you know, and everything. She was very happy. I was like on like 40 inches braids and I was wearing like a, a dress with train. Amazing. Like, so <laughs> she was happy and like, that was it. So then I think um, at some point there were like pictures of me that were, they were posted every, everywhere, like some blogs and everything of like, I think at some of my friend's party. Um, then one of our siblings sent it to her and that like just became like an entire conversation. I'm like, girl, you already know I dress like this. What is the issue? <laughs> Well, like when they, when she started like you know coming at me and really attacking, I was like, you know, let's let's talk about it now. Then I just told her, okay, yes, this is what I identify as. This is who I see myself as, and it really just like, you know, a day before then we like because we met my, my mom were like best friends. We talk about everything. We talk about we literally talk about everything. You know, and we just went from that to 
she like having this little piece of information more about me and just seeing me like a monster or someone that she cannot be seen with. So, so it was just crazy. And I'm very thankful that um, I've gotten to a place that um, I can accept that that's the way our relationship is now. And just like, that's fine. Well, yeah. That must also be very hard, especially... Like with your mom being someone who was like, mm-hmm. was like it is. I'm not gonna friend. lie. Like it's, it was very difficult, but I think I'm in a better place now. There are so many queer people that actually grew up in a very Christian home, and obviously because of like the teaching of like the doctrines of religion, they've actually like removed themselves from religion and they've become like atheists and stuff. Do you understand? Because obviously, the way they teach the word of God in churches mm. make it look very hateful, like, oh, you're a queer person, die, abomination. Oh, you're going to hellfire, special place in hell, it's utter for you, all these things. But I am very grateful to have found a relationship with God way before, like, my transitioning. So even, I remember that when my parents were like, you know, just sending me, like, Bible verses that made no sense, that had nothing to do with me, just picking... Bible verses out of like that had nothing to do with like my transness and my queerness just so to make me feel bad I'm like oh, you got me <laughs> you, 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 you got me fucked up like no this is not me then I was, it was it was so funny that because we were literally on the phone yeah. and we were literally throwing verses at each other yeah. they were throwing verses at me I was throwing verses back at them I was like I'm sorry but like me I pray I don't go to church anymore because I realized that the last church I tried to go to which was like I think a month ago I basically entered the church. It was as if they were waiting for me to just like enter that day. I, no one recognized me, but it was that particular Sunday. I don't go to church like since Easter. Yeah. And I went to that Sunday and that was the, church, the Sunday they were talking about queerness and transness. No, was, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> I was like, interesting. This is a sign. Like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> it's a so, sign. Like, I'm never coming back. I am never coming back again. As Fala and I were speaking, she mentioned that one of her biggest concerns when it comes to LGBTQI rights in Nigeria is that many people don't know the difference between gender identity and sexual orientation. So what is the difference? So gender identity means like, for example, I, I was assigned male at birth. I do not align with being male. So I'm a trans woman. I could be a non-binary person if that's how, how I feel, but no, I'm a trans person. So, for example, you were assigned female at birth. Yeah. You do still identify as female. Yeah. So you're a cis woman, a cis woman. So if you happen to like other girls, that would be your sexual orientation. That means you are a lesbian. You are an hetero woman. So that is your sexual orientation. I am a trans woman. So if um, a straight man is having something to do with me, that doesn't mean he's no longer a straight man because I do identify as a woman. Yeah. So that means he's still a straight man. Let's say a gay man has something to do with me or is having something to do with other women and thought he was gay. He might be wrong because probably he's pansexual or bisexual. Yeah. So it's just that simple. I just wanted to clear that out. That's very important. We have yeah. to put that out there because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get it so mixed up. Yes. Um, what else is part of your transition process? Have you Are you planning on going through a full transition with, with being on estrogen, etc.? What's your What's your plan? Um, so um, when it comes to um, 
um, um, gender affirming care. It's a personal journey where that for every trans person, yeah. and there, I mean. There are people that don't need to, to go through that if they don't want to do it. I am lucky in the sense that um, even before I came out as a trans person, I am kind of like almost like I, I think I am intersex because like when I went to check my my estrogen levels and I had like the XY chromosome, yes. So um, my testosterone level has always been low. So um I didn't. I don't. I've, I've gotten. I've gotten an estrogen, but I stopped it for a while because it just takes a toll on the body. And yeah, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if I'm going to go back. I don't know if I'm going to try more medication. But for now, I just want to leave and just yeah. Intersex is a broad term used to describe a number of people who are born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't fit into the box of universal definitions of male and female. So someone can appear as male on the outside, but have mostly a female anatomy on the inside. This is far more common than many people think, um, because it's simply not spoken about enough. According to experts, about 1.7% of the population is born with intersex traits. That's pretty comparable to the number of people in the world with green eyes and red hair. Follas says she was born intersex, but it wasn't clear to her for a majority of her early years. I remember when I eat puberty, I started like um, growing boobs. And then um, I lived with my grandma. Then like she had to like bind like my chest and like we literally like use fire and like on lantern every morning to basically like to like it was all gone. So it kind of like made more sense. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah, she, I know. like burns your chest off you. Yes, like my nipples. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So... I mean, I probably, I was very young, so I probably thought that was like normal, but it was after like I found that I, that it made more sense to me. And to be fair, I don't really tell people I'm intersex because I feel like that way they kind of like almost give me a pass mm. that, oh, at least that's the reason why I'm a trans person, but I don't want that to be a thing. So I'm like, yeah, you're not going to like um, try to give me like that kind of second backhand compliment and like try to treat other trans people um, differently. So, yeah, I don't really tell people that. I don't write yourself that. But, like, I feel comfortable with that, so I said it, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually get you because, mm -hmm. I mean, I was thinking that in my head, like, gosh, you must get that a lot if people know that you're intersex. People yeah. saying, oh, that's why. Oh, okay, that's now why, it makes yeah, that's sense. Like, that don't make sense. You know, oh, okay. that's how you pass. <laughs> so I don't want that. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I, totally, I totally get you mm -hmm. on that. And thank you for sharing that. Um, I think it's important for this community of listeners as well yeah. um, that we have, we have these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, the stigma girl, how, how do you deal with the stigma? Honestly, initially before, like I, like I care, but I don't care anymore to be fair. Like I'm just out to live my life. I don't really care. Like I am on a very honest journey. I don't have time for like what people are saying. If people like leave any negative comment on my social media, I don't even pay attention to it. I just like delete it and block, like delete and block. And I have ADHD. I forget shit a lot. So it's like, it works for me. Like once I delete it, like it's gone. <laughs> once anyone like misgenders me, blocked. I lived in the same um, community as you did. Like I 
was um, I had access to the same kind of education. I made sure I went out of my way to educate myself. You can go out of your way to educate yourself if you really care and if you want to be a decent human being. So I don't have to live my life to educate you. I'm busy doing other things. So yeah, yeah. and that's how it has to be. You exactly. know. Um, I think one thing I always think about with the LGBTQ community in mm -hmm. Nigeria is I, I always worry about what it's like with the authorities because you see some horrible stories on social media. Let's get into some of those stories. And this is based on reports from Human Dignity Trust. Most recently, in June 2022, a Sharia court in Nigeria's northern state of Bauchi sentenced three men to death by stoning for same sexual acts. In January 2020, police arrested 15 graduates at a party in Kano State, also in the north, with the deputy commander general stating that the students were sent to a correctional center for reorientation. Hmm. And in 2018, Nigerian police reportedly arrested more than 100 men and women at a party in the southern state of Delta, with witnesses reporting that the police attacked the party goers and charged them with being gay and lesbians. And the list goes on. These are examples of the things queer people have to go through. Like, we face, like, injustice from state and non-states individuals and bodies. Um, I want to speak about healthcare. Um, healthcare as a trans woman in Nigeria. Are there any differences in terms of when you seek healthcare? Um, what's that What's that experience, side of things like? Okay, so healthcare is non-existent for trans people in Nigeria. It is non-existent. I mean, there are, like, um, there are healthcare that have been set up for queer people that are mostly for, you know, check your, um, you know, go and check your um, your monthly um, sexual and STI, you know, HIV, all the oldest and everything, and get PrEP or PEP or all these things. But they are not gender-affirming care available at all for trans people at all. Like most, that's the reason why, like, um, if in a functioning country, um, healthcare for trans people are, like, free. Are very much free, especially I know in the UK and some part of the US. Um, so here we have to like basically buy and ship into the country, which is like a, it's crazy expensive. So yeah, so many trans people that live here do not have access to healthcare at all. It's even very dangerous because then you're doing it yourself. You're supposed to get like a doctor's opinion, supposed to have, have a therapist because it's just like it's a lot. It's, according to the research, it's like cramping. Um, the first, second, and third trimester, and like menstrual circle, like PMS, like all into like one. Like that is the amount. That is how much they almost eat you when you're on it. Like so many people um, have the transitioned like after they start because they could it could it took, took a toll on their body. So many people have stopped. So many people have committed suicide. Like is the reason why I'm actually, I'm actually like even on post right now because I have a lot going on yeah. and I just I just don't want that extra. Omona imbalance, you know, yeah. What's the process? What's the process like? How long are people on medication for? <laughs> um, give me a bit more insight into what, what that's like. So it really depends on like you as a person, what you're trying to go for. Um, estrogen is more of like a, a, a psychological than it is like physical. Um, so sometimes three years, two years. I've been on mine for six months and I stopped. 
probably continue. I don't know if I'll continue, but like that's probably when like I'm more like settled and in a more mentally stable um, place. So it's just it just takes a lot. And if you and I always advise like trans people when it comes to me, like you have to try to have a therapist or have a friend or have any trans person that has gone through this process. They can tell you like how to navigate it. It's not just estrogen. Also, like when trans men get on testosterone, it's just as much. So yeah. You were on it for six months and mm-hmm. then you you stopped. Um what what sort of what sort of symptoms did you have in during that period? Um First of all, like intense appetites, it's insane. So you can literally like gain weight and gain that leads to like body dysmorphia, dysphoria. Um, also, um, mood swings, chest pain, you know, moodiness, like just like sometimes I feel sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. Like I just like just like a little, like a little, just tiny bit away from going crazy. It's just a lot. According to a study on nature.com that surveyed 379 trans people who were prescribed hormones, 24% took more hormones than prescribed and 57% took less than prescribed. Taking more hormones was associated with having the same healthcare provider and gender-affirming care while taking less was associated with income, insurance, and discrimination. If you feel like you don't need it, you don't need it. Like, I always tell, like, trans people, um, trans men, trans women, or non-binary people, like, you don't owe anyone femininity or masculinity. You can simply be. So you don't have to go through all this process if you don't want to. You don't have to live your life to convince anyone that, oh, yeah. And you don't have to pass. So, yeah. You just have to be you. You just have to be you. Honestly, and just do you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Life is short, man. Exactly. Um, what is your hope for for the future um, of trans people living in Nigeria? What What do you hope to see? I just hope that um, the future we can just we can simply we can simply be with. There are so many trans people here in Nigeria. There are so many people that uh, trans people that are that have families in Nigeria. There are so many trans people. That uh that have businesses that you even like patronize that you don't even know because yeah. they are living stealthily and very happily. It's be- the reason why I I chose because I made myself a promise to be visible. Like I can choose to not be visible and just like live my life away from the extra drama and the extra like attention. So my hope is that we get to a point as a society that we just like are more tolerant to each other, irrespective of our differences, and like just know that, like. We are not one to like this. Everything. What is not black and white? There, like, mm. there are different colors in between. There are different shades in between. And let people simply be. Just respect people's uh, people and their differences, and just let people be. That's what I always say. You know, yeah. like I mean, my mom would always like tell me that in life, like, do what makes you happy as long as you're not hurting other people. Exactly. And it's like... It is really that simple. It is really that simple. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because, like, um, when, when people try to, like, invalidate my uh, my transness or, like, my um, experience or my womanhood, they go to, like, try to, like, quote Bibles or they try to... Or try to like be more super religious about it. And I'm like, you are trying to, you're literally contradicting yourself. Because mm-hmm. like this, the Bible you're talking about, because I'm a very, very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. The Bible you're talking about literally leans towards love and kindness. You are not preaching what the Bible says. 
you are trying to be assistant Jesus, you are trying to be assistant God, you are trying to trying to like judge on God's behalf, even though like there's so many parts of the scripture that literally says, do not judge. Yeah. So like, make it make sense. Like you just say you have hatred in your heart and keep it moving. You also said that you had to go through therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, was that was here in Nigeria, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. So what was your, what was that experience like getting therapy for your transition experience in a country where it's not necessarily understood? I mean, psychologists and counselors are supposed to understand, but what, what was it like? Okay. So, um, the first time I was in therapy, that was like, um, way before my transitioning. And so I kind of like already, like I was already like, I knew therapy worked, so I knew I would I would need therapy at some point. But when I started getting when I started transitioning, I did not. I, my therapist was in Nigeria. I was basically doing therapy over the phone, just like you know, schedule Zoom calls and everything. Yeah. Um, then after that, I got um, I had two other therapists that were Nigerian, and like it's just a bad experience. <laughs> so I'm still looking for a therapy right now, <laughs> therapist right now. So it was a really bad experience. You know, just not understanding, not willing to understand, just being very, you would expect that you're a therapist, you have more like patience and understanding or do more your research on your client or like subjects your clients are touching upon. Yeah. yeah, so. Questions not to ask a trans woman. Questions not to ask a trans woman. Um, yeah. I think we'll, the first one will be, um, are you on estrogen or are you on um, hormone blockers? Yeah, don't ask that. Like, especially like if we're not, we're not friends. Like, yeah, that's too invasive. Yeah. I would not say this is not more, this is not even a question. Like, things not to say to a trans woman or a trans person. Like, oh, you look like a real girl. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a bad one. That's like disgusting. But you actually look like a woman. Yeah, you actually <laughs> look like a woman. I remember I went for like this art exhibition and you know, I was having a conversation with this like creator and we were already we were already vibing and everything, yeah. you know. Then I think a friend of mine who happened to be an activist, like pulls up and like, oh, they knew each other. I'm like, oh my God, this is my friend. I actually just told you about my friend before. Oh, she's a trans woman. Yeah, she does amazing. And I'm like, oh, you're a trans woman. The conversation basically changed. And it was more like she was like picking me apart. Oh my God, wow. Did you like um, adjust your voice to sound this? I'm like, what the, what the fuck? And then she was like, oh my God, what about like, oh, did you shave regularly? I'm like, ah. Please. Yeah, it was just disgusting. I just had to remove oh. myself from that situation. Like, oh, so, no, no, no. Yeah, no. there's so many times I experienced stuff like that. So definitely do, do not... Do you shave regularly? Do you shave regularly? Oh my God, you have a very clean shave. It was just so <laughs> weird. Like, why are you... Like, how do you think this is okay? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Mm, just, just like very nasty. So, yeah. I hope you guys have heard, Sha. What? No, I'm telling my listeners. I hope they've heard. <laughs> I hope they've heard. Yeah. Um, so what else would I say? Do not... Yeah, just don't treat a trans person differently when you find that they're trans or don't think they're um, they're warriors. Like, they just try... Me, I'm just out here. I'm a city girl. I'm just out here to live my life. Like, mm-hmm. period. I know there's so... Obviously, I know that there's so much... There's so many misconceptions about, like, trans people in the media. And... Which is, like, one of the reasons why I'm actually, like, very, very, very visible because, like, I'm yeah. trying to, like, make sure, like, people know that we are not one-tone. Like, we can literally, like, we work in different walks of life. I literally have, like, trans people that are literally traders in the market. People have no idea because they live very stealth and, like, they live a very, very good life. There are p- trans people that are, like, um, analysts. 
um, data analyst, um, work in tech, but people don't actually know because they've chosen to live a very, very low-key and safe life because obviously we live in Nigeria. Yeah. So don't assume that, oh, ah, uh, I don't even know that there are trans people that even exist in Nigeria. Like, that makes no sense. Like, at the end of the day. For goodness sakes, like, that's over 200 million of us in <laughs> Exactly. <this> like, <laughs> for real. <laughs> like, if you want to even talk about it, like, and like, um, queerness, like, exists way before colonialism in Nigeria, in Africa, as a whole, like, um, there are parts of, um, the Eastern yeah. culture and the Northern culture that literally, like, takes, like, um, takes, like, um, concubines that are queer people, even though they were not, like, words, like, queer, so, like, um, identified them as they are like trans people that like, even existed there are yeah. so many people like but the thing about it is that Nigerians don't read that we don't read that history we feel like oh yeah it's against the da 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 it's like well, let everybody do what they want to do yeah. I just want like I'm, I'm, I'm tired like just so you <laughs> you want to be you want to be hateful just don't this disturb is. myself life exactly like you just bring it to me <laughs> oh my yeah the dating scene. Um, I'm I'm sure that's something a lot of people want us to dive into. What's the dating? What's the dating scene line? As, uh, the dating scene like <laughs> as a trans woman living in Nigeria? It is chaotic as fuck. It is extremely chaotic, and I'm just a very honest person. So I just like give you the tea. So it's extremely chaotic in the sense that you get more people that want to objectify you than people that actually care to care about who you are as a person so it is very very strange it, the dating pool is, is big it is, it's very very big shockingly but the problem is just that most people see you as a fetish more than they do see you as a person i'm in, i'm currently in a relationship and like that's good yeah so they, but dating like as a whole for trans people it's very chaotic because like people just see you as an object as a fetish yeah and that's pretty much where Fala and I wrap things up. There are several, several trans people like Fala living in Nigeria, dealing with discrimination daily. And although there's no official information on the percentage of trans people living in Nigeria, there are several reports on their experiences. According to a report that was published by Sweden's migration agency, LIFOS, following a fact-finding mission, by the way, that was carried out in May 2014 in Nigeria, transgender and intersex persons are, in quote, overwhelmingly unseen in society. According to the same report, in quote again, men dressed as women do not undergo sex change operations as it's not permitted in Nigeria, and intersexual children are sometimes left to die after birth. Those who are allowed to live stay hidden. It's a dark reality, guys, but with people like Fola living in our society, speaking up about her experiences and documenting her journey for the world to see, hopefully over time we can normalize just letting people be.